Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the mental health podcast. My name is Rachel. Uh, Thank you for joining uh, us and having this conversation about mental health and creating and normalizing a space to have conversations about mental health. This episode is a little different to normal now. I don't really have any consistency with any of the episodes anyways. But I have my first in-person conversation because before now I've been doing conversations through online mediums and through Zoom. Um, But now I'm having an in-person conversation. Um, For those of you who know me, you will know who this person is. Um, Absolute header. Absolute buzzer. Sure isn't it me, Mammy. Hi, Mammy. Hi, Pet. My mammy looks awkward as shite here beside me. Now, she looks very uncomfortable. Are you uncomfortable, I am very mammy? uncomfortable, yes. Well, why are you com- uncomfortable, mammy? Because I don't know what you're going to ask me, Rachel. <laughs> I told you we could have a conversation in advance. You said, no, go with it because I'll just be worrying about it. It's fine. So I suppose in previous episodes or previous podcasts, when I have conversations with people, I kind of let people lead the conversation and I just listen and interact. This is going to be a little bit different So basically, it's going to be kind of like I'm interviewing you and just asking you questions because you're here trying hard not to crap yourself on the chair beside me. And I have a menu sitting on the table. She wants to try to read that and just it's fine. mammy. All right. Take a breath. (sighs) We're grand. Sure, it is a safe space. So this is a mental health podcast. You do know that. And I suppose 2020 was an interesting year for everyone. Um, and I suppose, you know, the whole me starting the green elephant and it's been, it's been a mental health year, um, for me, but it also was kind of mental health towards the end of last year. So like when I, I'm going to kind of track back to November, I came back from Canada, came back from my traveling and I went in and I saw my doctor and he diagnosed me with depression and he put me on antidepressants. And my question for you is, what was that like as a parent having someone come home and say, this this is where I'm at, I'm, I'm depressed, what's going on? It was worrying, scary. What can I do to help her? How I to watch her a bit more? Um, and it was worrying and scary how or for what reasons? That I was afraid of what you might do. Okay. Um, what had caused the depression? Was it something I had done or hadn't done? So yeah, you were you were worried and yes. questioning yes. why. Why? And I think the reason I'm asking you this kind of question and the reason I asked you to come on the podcast as awkward as you feel about it is because I'm sure there are a lot of parents or... Uh, guardians or siblings or loved ones of people who are struggling with their mental health and I wanted to put in a perspective or create a, a space for um, your your opinion and experience on things. So this is me hopping in um, after I recorded this podcast with my mother. This is uh, added in while I was editing the episode just to mention that I know that was a really short conversation with my mother about the impact it had on her when she found out that I was depressed and she wasn't very forthcoming with answers. It was a very difficult conversation for my mother to have. 
And we did talk more about it. I'm just not going to include it in the podcast. But I suppose I just want to hop in now to throw it out there that it is important to have these conversations with the people around you and your loved ones and see we are struggling, yes. And we may be struggling with things. But that doesn't stop other people from worrying. Like my mother said that she was worried about what I might do. I will say this now, um, when I was diagnosed last year, I was not at a point where suicidal ideation was something I was considering. I wasn't at a stage where, you know, I was considering um, self-harm or anything like that. But that is a real fear that came up for her. And I suppose just throwing out the idea to have a conversation with the loved ones around us about where we are at and where they're at. We're not trying to make the conversation about that. but open conversations and open honesty between everyone about where people are at. I know I've said it like four times, but being open and both people understanding where the other is at can really benefit where, like I hadn't had a conversation like that with my mother since I've been diagnosed. I mean, we've had conversations, but I never fully asked her what it was like for her as a parent of someone coming home, of her, like she would have said this to me, of her daughter who shows herself to be very confident very outgoing and bubbly and stuff like that for me to come home and then say hi I'm depressed I'm on medication it it was kind of a sharp contrast for her so yeah I I just wanted to to show flag that yes there was very minimal conversation there about how it impacted my mother and I debated taking it out of the podcast but I felt it was important for anyone to listen and hear you know her honest truth about it as as short as it was that I've included, to hear her honest truth and how, I don't want to say difficult, but you know how difficult it was for her to have that conversation. Um, So for the fourth or fifth time I've said this, have a conversation with your loved ones and just know that, you know, you have support, whether it's your loved family, whether it's your chosen family, whether it's your friends, whatever, have those conversations and reach out to people. Back to the pre-recorded podcast. So, conversation that I'm going to have with you now Ami is I'm going to track back a couple of years to I was living abroad and I was telling home I was ringing home I was messaging home and I was like oh yeah I'm having a great time and all these stories and so on and so forth but there was always something that I was keeping from me and that was the fact um that I was in a relationship and so for the purpose of this podcast for people who may not know me um I identify as someone who likes people um it doesn't necessarily matter to me um their gender or their sex or anything like that um I just like people for people um and so I I would have mentioned to you I would have thrown out the term bisexual to you because it was an easy way to maybe <laughs> slightly slightly easy way to explain it um but then when i was in um when i was abroad and i was in a relationship with someone and that was the thing that i was keeping from me and that was the thing that i wasn't telling and i felt like i was keeping a really important part because i was you know in a relationship with a wonderful human being who i still have the utmost respect in the world for um And so I decided that I would write a letter to dad, not to you, to dad, because I I had felt that I had had conversations with you about sexuality vaguely. 
Um, but I'd never really spoken about it to dad. So I wrote dad a letter and I was like, how oh, yeah, this is the situation. And I'm in a relationship and uh, uh, it was it was a woman and sent him the letter. And the response I got back was still one of the the, the fondest memories I have of an interaction I've had with dad, to be honest, um, because of the, the response he just 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 the way you know the way dad is yeah. my, my father is not one to always show emotion but he's a very emotional person yes. and you have to know him um to to see all of that sort of stuff on him um but yeah it was really it was a really sweet response that he sent back um but then after a while I don't know how soon after that I found out but it turns out that you I don't know if I want to use the word struggle, but you struggled a bit with the fact that I was in a relationship with a woman. I did. Why? And if I say I was embarrassed by it, that probably sounds terribly bad of me. And I kind of thought, oh God, what will my friends think? And what will this one think? And what will that one think? And possibly I also thought, God, if she's in a relationship with a woman, she'll never have children. All this sort of thing was going through my head. How am I going to tell people? And I happened to be in the church. The children fondly called me a godbother. Yeah, so for, so for <laughs> again for the podcast, uh, my mother is involved quite heavily with her church. So we're not Roman Catholic. She's Church of Ireland. Um, and for, for as long as I can remember, my mother's been involved in different committees and all the sort of shenanigans in the church. And we got tired of trying to keep up with what she was doing so uh a good few years ago now i just said she was gone bothering god um because she was doing something with god so now uh anything to do with church is fondly fondly this is not a discriminatory or uh defamatory that's the word i'm looking for term um but we call anything to do with um religion or the church uh, god bothering in our house so my mother was gone god bothering and seeing the god botherers anyways continue mommy so i was in the church and was talking to another lady who i was very fond of and I happened to mention how Rachel had come home and that she had, her girlfriend was coming for Christmas. And she had told, that she had told Brendan in a letter and we, she had told us both. And the response I got was, wasn't it brilliant? She felt she was able to tell you. And the same woman told me how she had a good friend who was a child psychologist or a child care worker and had a son who was gay and when he told her, she just couldn't deal with it at all. And she said, it doesn't matter. But she said, it was great that you were able to be there for her and support her and understand and not go, oh my God. But you did go a little, oh my God, internally. I did, in, internally, but not externally. And then I said to my friend, my bestest friend, <laughs> I said to her, I said, I have something to tell you. And she said, then I told her and she said, I have something to tell you. I'll talk to you later. And it turns out that her son has... A very nice boyfriend but they had known for years and they were saying at last you told us mm-hmm. so and I, th- I thought I was the only one in my group of friends but then when the truth be told there's quite a number of us believe it or not mommy it's the same when it comes to us there's a there's a lot of us out there in the lgbtq plus community um but anyway so I'm gonna track back and ask you a question that so like uh, I'll be honest with this podcast. This isn't a conversation that we've had before. I mean, we vaguely had a conversation yeah. that I knew you weren't, um, you struggled a bit with it. Yeah. Um, but we never actually kind of went into it and discussed it. Um, you said 
and I know you said it very uh, reluctantly um, about an embarrassment. And is that in terms of the societal perception? Is that an internal perception? Or like, was it how you were embarrassed how society would react or you were embarrassed of the fact that I... Oh no, I wasn't embarrassed about the fact of you at all. I was embarrassed really from the societal point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I suppose at the time, was the referendum even? Yeah, the referendum had just happened. The referendum has just happened. Even, you know what I mean? Before that, I suppose, less was known. Mm -hmm. Whereas now with the referendum and that, and I suppose we've, it was always the kind of very... It's kind of a bit of a shame thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a taboo with it. Yeah, taboo. And I, like, I will say, because I, I, I... Maybe it's because I'm not straight that I could uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I could gauge this over the years. Years, but um, within the particular church that you go to, yes, they're not the straightest bunch. Oh God! No. And I mean that in the nicest way. No, um, it's always been a very accepting church, yes, exactly, and accepting of people regardless of. Um, I remember. I, I might have to cut this out. But I remember years ago, uh, one of the priests got into trouble for blessing a gay couple. Oh, yeah. And it's not that he got into trouble for blessing the couple. No. It's because he didn't tell the bishop. So yes. the bishop wasn't ready for the old biddies coming yeah. back to him. As a community, I would say in our congregation, you, you I mean, have a good 10%. Yeah. And I think... I think our, our, And nobody has a problem with any of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think part of that is... Um, as well, the uh, environment or the societal feeling of of the church, the church, because mm-hmm. people are very open and accepting and things like that. And even I remember when I was in uh, Canada last year, uh, my mother was at this God bothering thing. Uh, what was it? The synod or something? I don't know. Yeah, she was she was up at something anyways. And uh, I remember getting this message and it's briefly it said something like, gone to this workshop hope you're proud love you mum and the workshop uh, to, to signify what kind of workshop it was she just sent a pride flag <laughs> I don't remember if you actually specifically said I'm going to a LGBTQ plus inclusivity workshop because that's a lot of words I, I just remember the pride flag hope you're proud love you mum that was what it was about it was about being more inclusive about people that were gay or whatever or whatever they're gender was or yeah, so my mommy gender. doesn't really understand all these terms so no. um please nobody get offended by if i um, use the wrong term i'm sorry yeah uh, in theory i could really sit here and explain to her for the next hour and she still wouldn't get it no. so uh i i, I will put this uh, little disclaimer in maybe a little bit late if my mother uses say the term gay the entire time that is her interpretation of using the lgbtq plus community she knows that not everyone is gay mm. but Again, I, I mean this in the nicest way, Mummy. It's kind of a generational thing. You it is, are absolutely. You are 60. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that environment in the church and that community and that set of friends that you have on it. I, like, one thing I always spot on about is the need for people to have connection and how connection really benefits mental health. And for me, as an outsider looking in, in inverted commas, I see being part of the church as a very positive thing for you, your well-being and your mental health. 
it's it's a sense of belonging it's a sense of community and anytime she's not in here now she doesn't realize that no one can see her nodding but um, you're talking I don't want to interrupt you you can go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's it's the sense of belonging and then like that if there is something that you are struggling with like you're not going to go into the whole bloody parish and be like oh my god look at this but you do have those confidants and those connections and stuff like that and in theory, we could separate the fact that, you know, it's the friend side of things, it's um, the church side of things. But a lot of your community is within the church Absolutely. and a lot of the social aspects yeah. that you do. Like, I'm not saying you just do stuff for the church, yeah. but you're very willing to do things for the church. And I think part yeah. of that is for the social aspect. It is. Yes, it is for the social aspect and it is for the friends who you can literally say more or less anything to like I have one particular friend and I can and it, I've known her and how I got to know her really was when our children started in school together and I've been friends with her ever since and I can text her and say have you time for a chat or she can do the same to me and we can totally unload whatever we have in our mind and we know it's not going to go around the parish or the county or whatever mm-hmm. I found that it's a good way of unloading things and then it does help your mental health if you can unload things and not because if you don't they fester and you make them bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your head and then you just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Things you get a bit overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Completely overwhelmed and then you make the problem if there is a problem even bigger in your head than it actually is you just it just yeah, me. a lot of times people do that. Now I'm not. I'm. I am going to say that's not always the case with everyone. Yeah. I will oh, I put that, that disclaimer again. We're doing disclaimers, yeah. but catastrophizing and yeah. kind of really going in and over and over and over and over and over. And you're your worst critic and your your worst enemy when you're in that kind of spiral. And something can go from zero to a hundred when it doesn't need to go past two. You just kind of—it's like walking into a room and there's a few people in there talking, and the minute you go in the door, they stop talking. Oh, sugar, they were talking about me. It might just be that the conversation had just ended. Yeah, but you think, and then it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And you go, God, what did I do? Which of them did I offend? All that sort of thing. That's called anxiety, ma'am. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club. You might think I don't suffer from my anxiety, but I do. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of a lot of people, like, um, I think the, the, the difference when I, uh, when we talk about anxiety is everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious. You can have bounce of anxiousness, or then there's like anxiety where you just cannot, function in the day or you're anxious for no apparent reason well I get very anxious I always got very anxious if I had to deal with a confrontational subject or take somebody to task I just hated aggression I hate aggression I hate I just like everything you don't like confrontation confrontation is the word I'm looking for and I couldn't find it I just like things to run along smoothly and everyone to work together and it just it I don't sleep when I'm in a situation like that and I just I make it out bigger than it is and when I don't need to when there isn't even an issue there Mm -hmm. you know what I mean you it just grows and grows and grows inside you and a small issue becomes a big thing to you and nobody else is worried about it and you're there stressing Mm-hmm. and I think that is you see a lot of the times people are like will this matter in five days time like they're like will it matter in five years five months five days Um, sometimes it won't matter in five days yeah. and that's kind of but that's not me invalidating yes. your experience yeah. because definitely what like I've done it myself and I think a lot of people have done it is once you get into these help it and you just go and go, go and yeah. go and go and go and uh, you may well just trade in the shovel for a digger there now you're going so quick yeah so for you what is something that 
you would recommend or something that you do for your mental health that you would like to share with people what what is something you think people should do what is something you do well I think for your mental health if you have an issue if you have somebody that you can talk to Mm -hmm. and chat with somebody if there's a particular activity you like to do that you find, oh yeah, that clears my head. One of my things would be to go out into the garden. I would happily stay out in the garden and just pother away. And it really helps my head because I'm in a nice space where I like to be. And then I look like, oh, that looks good now and that sort of thing. But there are certain little things that people like to do. Mm-hmm. So find find your thing. Find your thing, yeah. Yeah. So whether that is like my mommy says, gardening. Yeah. Uh, we'll start a new podcast, mommy. Gardening with Olive. Yeah. Is that what we'll do? Good. So find your thing. Whether find it, your thing. Whether, whether it's it, gardening, <laughs> going for a walk, knitting, <laughs> having a laugh, reading a book, having a laugh, watching shitty movies. Oh yeah, mommy, you I can't love, swear. On that's what I love doing actually. Watching an old shitty movie, a shitty now, Hallmark one. Of my one. favorite things. My my favorite time in the day is when I come home from work, I make a cup of tea. And I sit down on the couch and I watch some pure. I can't say crap. <laughs> You've said shit like four times. I Why know. can't you say crap? <laughs> I don't think the microphone picked it up. But she turned to me and whispered, I can't say crap. <laughs> <laughs> you said shit about four watch times. So- something totally mindless. Uh, she'll watch, you know, say yes to the dress Dresser, that she's seen yeah. 400 times already. But that being said, mummy. You don't really watch that much because you fall asleep after about three minutes. But my intention is just to sit down for 20 minutes and then, unfortunately, I do fall asleep and sometimes get woken by the tea that's dripping down <laughs> into my knee out of the cup which I was holding and tipped over. <laughs> so, you know, proper rest is very good. For yeah. It's very good for so your So therefore, if you're anxious, you see, you don't sleep well. So when you come home and you're watching telly, you spill the tea and you go to sleep. <laughs> that's that's the only way it happens and I know I'm laughing um, and I'm not laughing at you I know I'm that. laughing <laughs> because it's true you're laughing yeah. exactly <laughs> that is what happened yeah. I, oh, oh, oh no I wasn't asleep <laughs> and then I'm still waiting for the day where you're frightened and she fucks the cup of tea back <laughs> on top of herself um, but yes shitty movies where you can nearly write it we actually we have this game sometimes and we watch if it's a shitty movie there's one thing we do or if it's a shitty Christmas movie. Basically, we predict what's going to happen because they're all the fucking same. Yeah. Um, or I remember, do you remember the Christmas calendar on Netflix, Mammy? Oh, stop. Oh, we were watching this one last year. The Christmas calendar on Netflix for anyone who's interested. If you would like to feel like a psychic for the day because that thing is absolutely so predictable. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Uh, but one other thing is a good laugh for the soul. Oh, yeah. A good laugh clears the soul. And I think one thing, particularly in our house and anyone that would know, I think there's the importance of letting yourself be a bit foolish and act in the arse because... Um, it, it, it's a great stress reliever. It is. And uh, and there's nothing like a laugh. There's not. Um, so what I encourage, sometimes I, I give little notes. Now, my I don't know how to go on a podcast. <laughs> You're on one now. The truth is, I don't know where to find a podcast or where to access it. So this is why I haven't listened to any of her podcasts. It's not that I don't want to. It's just, just that I'm not very techie. I'm extremely badly at tech. Anyways, what I've done 
Um, <laughs> what I've done in previous episodes is given maybe an action for people to do if they felt like it. So one action I give is have some sort of social evening gathering, whatever, whether it's with friends, family, whether it's with chosen family, you know, work colleagues, whatever. Um, because typically on the weekends we have some sort of something with my brother and his girlfriend and my mother and myself. We play a board game or uh, we played Prosecco Pong a couple of weeks ago and that was or during lockdown and that was an interesting uh, <laughs> experience playing Prosecco Pong with my mother. Um, yeah, it's it's finding and creating that social space to just laugh and be together and feel that connectedness because I, spe- I, I suppose, especially now with COVID, there's definitely a feeling of disconnect and, you know, as good and everything as Zoom and FaceTime and WhatsApp are, not beats a bit of interaction in in person. <sighs> Mommy, I'll let you go watch a shitty Christmas movie. Okay. Mommy, thank you for joining me on the podcast. And You're very for- welcome. Yes, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, if you want to get in contact or uh, be on the podcast, make sure to reach out to us on any of our social media. We're at thegreenelephant.ie on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's greenelephantmh for mental health. As always, still don't know how to use Twitter. Gotta give it a go. We'll see. You can try it. I don't know. Uh, but thank you for listening and thank you for creating this space. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.